You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Jam-packed. Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Best segment in Canadian radio, Brody on the Beat. A snow report with Maddie Rose. An impossible Flames trivia for the first time for your chance to win Nickelback tickets on June 25th down at the Dome. <laughs> busy, busy, busy at the bottom of the hour. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in. Well, we'll try. We're going to try. Do our best. And at the uh, top of the next hour, a mystery guest, which isn't really a mystery guest because we tweeted it out. <laughs> but whatever. It's fine. Close enough. Um, oh, right now, though, um, NHL Daily Faceoff NHL Insider Frank Cervalli brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Guys, I have a confession. Okay. <gasps> I've determined yes, my son. that I don't, Sorry. I don't like AM radio. Well, at least when you have to actually wake up. I'm in Edmonton today, and God, is it dark. Yeah, yeah. dude. Oof. It's... Why are you in Edmonton? I don't What's know how on? you guys do this. That's like the secret of like what I when I join you guys every Thursday. It's nine a.m. back east, and yeah. I've got my kids to school. I'm all chipper. What's up with this waking up early stuff? Yeah, um, you know what the you know what the best part is though, Frank. I'm, I'm gonna let you in a little secret. We wake up super early, but our day is done by like nine thirty, and then we crush afternoon morning naps, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you what? You go you have to your whole day ahead of you. Like, what do you guys do with yourself? Walk my dog, go to the gym, do yeah. any errands or chores, and then it's time to watch hockey. Then yeah. it's five o'clock. That's our lives, Frank. But then you got to wake up, right? Yeah, but games start at five o'clock too. So by eight o'clock, you're done watching. I'm in bed by like nine thirty if the Flames aren't playing. It's not too bad. It's a good way to live, Frank. And what time does the alarm go off? Uh, mm, three thirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's early. That's a hard no for me, dog. <laughs> okay. It's all right. I don't blame you. We know it's we know it's shaving years right. off our life, Frank. At but an, hey, and an exponential rate. There'll be a lot wor- lot worse things to do. Uh, I got to ask you. Well, you're not in Edmonton, but what you're in Edmonton right now? But what what's the vibe back home in Philly ahead of the game between the Eagles and the Niners here on Sunday? Well, everyone's juiced up. I mean, look, an opportunity for this team that has felt like for large stretches of this year, the best team in the NFL to have a chance to cash a ticket to the Super Bowl is everyone's so excited. Are you going to be bringing any batteries back with you? Cause I assume they're sold out <laughs> all over Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, th- it, it'll be calm. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a friendly environment. Okay. Like by Philadelphia standards or by like standard standards. <laughs> by like normal human standards. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. No. It'll. Uh, it'll be fine. I honestly like the Eagles have been in this spot so many times in the last two decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not like a real. If it was the Cowboys, I would say like mm-hmm. you need body armor and a helmet. But like it's the Niners. There's not really any extra juice. Yeah. So I would say it'll. It'll. Yeah. It'll be good. Um. Frank, uh, I've, I have yet, since I've moved to the beautiful city of Calgary, I've yet to be, uh, I've yet to make the journey to Edmonton. You're there right now. Can you sell me on any reasons to come to Edmonton? I actually really like Edmonton, uh, and I'm, I'm forced to say that because my company is based here and my boss is here. Okay. So, you love uh, it? I hope he's, 
he's listening to Calgary AM radio. Um, I actually do. Um, I like the arena here. I like the little setup that you don't even need to go outside once you leave your hotel, if you stay in that hotel. And uh, that's pretty sweet. And yeah, actually, I'm I'm jetting over to the mountains this weekend for a little pond hockey in Jasper. So that's uh, that's wow. Look at you, Frank. Yeah. That's living in it up. Fun. Yeah, in the uh, the Alberta lifestyle, Frank Cervalli. I've never been to the mountains here, so I'm like I'm. This is awesome. Very yeah. overdue. Uh, I'm, well, welcome. What? Well, why haven't you stopped by here? Like, what? Are you coming to Calgary or no? Uh, I'll be in Calgary at some point. I'll come in to the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown <laughs> studio, and I will. I will stop in and hang with you guys for an hour in the AM. Okay. That? All right. Let's do it next week. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to, I'll let you know when I'm making it back out here. All right. That's fine. Cause the flames are off for nine days after Friday. It's going to be, uh, Chris Tanna is very happy about that. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, I want to ask you first, uh, before we dive into the flames and the Chris Tanna conversation, I want to get your thoughts on Gary Bettman's, uh, comments this week saying, Oh, no teams tank. Well, uh, maybe players and coaches don't Frank, but general managers and organizations certainly do. Okay, so you're going to think I'm crazy when I say this. Yeah. But I actually am in line with his thought process. Okay. I don't think teams are actively tanking. I think what you're seeing at the, at the bottom of the standings this season in particular is outside of Columbus where the wheels have just fallen off, every other team is just in the rebuild cycle that we knew – way ahead of time that this was happening this year, and it wasn't for one specific player. Hmm. I think what's broken is it's not the team's tank. It's that there's no logical path forward for your team. It's a binary situation. You're either in the mix and in the playoffs and you're on, or you're way out and there's no use being in no man's land. I, I believe it's the point system and the way the NHL is structured that forces teams to go down this path where it's the only way with the salary cap to actually chart a path forward in a smart and meaningful and deliberate way rather than being stuck in the mushy middle. Can I throw a crazy idea your way? Because I like to have mm-hmm. these crazy ideas to try to make the NHL more interesting. What if, what if they had a little mini tournament for all the teams that are in the lottery? You play them in the afternoon so it doesn't take away from any of the playoff action. And they play for the number one pick. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be, but the problem with that is that the team that's likely to win the pick is the team squarely in the mushy middle, which defeats the purpose of taking the teams at the very bottom of the standings and making them better by getting them the number one pick. Hmm. Like what if it was the bottom five even, right? I I wouldn't be willing to commit to a certain number of teams. I'd be willing to commit to a certain point threshold, like any teams within this certain number. I I think that would add a lot of intrigue, and it's just extra revenue for the league. And I think think teams would be interested. And teams that are completely out of it, who have nothing to cheer for, I think they could potentially – you know, have an interest, and that's their own little playoff. I don't know, just throwing it out there. Because if the I, I like it, here's the thing: like I, I and I agree that I, you're never going to get players to tank. I, I find it to be when you're talking about a, a tournament like that. What's the incentive for players? Well, but but if I look at the NBA, they have a play-in too, right? And that's to get well, into the playoffs, just- and I understand that. 
but you're like the 11 seed too. Uh, and see, I think the NHL would be wise to go to that because then it would incentivize mm. teams from, you know, sort of, it would give teams in that mushy middle something to play for. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about the playoff format and I don't, I don't think there's a ton of fans uh, who like the playoff format. Where do you stand on how it currently is constructed? So the only complaint that I ever hear is they don't like, they they just rather go back to one eight, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of like it the way it is. I mean, I know that, you know, there's been certain teams that have been quote, I'm, I'm using air quotes as I say this punished. Like the Leafs, for instance, are tired of playing the same team over and over again, it's it's not because they're tired of playing them. It's because they keep losing. So how about you win a, a playoff series, and then we can put that to bed and not talk about it anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there as well. And, and frankly, I like watching Tampa and Toronto play in the playoffs for like a third straight year. It builds those rivalries, which I'm all about. Uh, I did want to ask you about the Flames situation. We get two more games here. The Chris Tanev injury looms large. Um, I, I just wonder how they might look to address the blue line moving forward, even with Chris Tanev, if it doesn't, if the injury isn't something super long-term. Well, I think the biggest thing is they still need clarity on Oliver Shillington. Mm. Like they, they really can't do anything on the back end until they find out one way or another, you know, is he coming back? Is he not? And if he's not, can we petition the league to slide his money towards a non-roster status and then be able to use that money? The problem is, if that is the case, it's almost a final decision because there's no, you go out and spend it, there's no turning back. There's no, oh, hey, Oliver Shillington's back and he wants to play now. So I think they've handled it really delicately. Um, We're closing in on the end of the month, and that is sort of the... The, that's their, I don't want to call it a deadline, but that's what they're shooting for in terms of getting an answer one way or the other um, at the end of January to then be able to put their trade deadline plans together. And I think in a perfect world, they're hoping that he comes back because they know that at two and a half million bucks, they're not going to be able to get a player that was at his level uh, playing top four minutes last year and an important part of last year's team that, you know, you can't go out and just find that for two and a half million bucks on the open market, let alone the acquisition cost of, of then adding a player like that. So if you are looking at him coming back, the best case scenario, the glass half full, he's got to come over from Sweden and it needs at least three weeks plus and some time with the Wranglers to, to really get ready for the season. And, and you're already sort of, that's why the deadline is, the end of January because you're already pushing up against the March 3rd trade deadline. So the Flames played the Jackets earlier on in the week back on Monday, and uh, there was some attention because there were some general managers in town, Kelly McCrimmon of the Knights Mm -hmm. and Doug Armstrong of the Blues. I believe it was you who had mentioned they were probably just on their way to Langley for the top prospects game that was yesterday. But nevertheless, could you see a trade partner between the Flames or maybe Vegas or St. Louis or maybe were they getting a look at Columbus? Or was it simply... It was just on the way. Um, I would say it's a combination of all three of those things, and I'm glad you asked because every day for the last 25 days, we've had our deadline countdown series going on dailyfaceoff.com, and today our team playbook is the Flames. And so we worked through the Flames' needs and objectives 
the first objective is a top six scoring winger, preferably with some speed. And the secondary objective was what I just mentioned is getting an answer on Oliver Shillington. The Flames uh, are in an interesting spot because we know they don't really need a center and they don't need help in net um, because, you, you know, you've got two goalies under contract. So that makes it easy. Um, if only that position has been easy this season. And in this case, I think that the Golden Knights were probably getting a look. That, you know, you don't just it, – it, it's on the way to Langley, but not really. Like, there's a purpose for it. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if the, if the uh, Golden Knights were getting a look at Vladislav Gavrikov from the Blue Jackets. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if – uh, Doug Armstrong from the Blues was was getting a look at the Flames. I mean, the Blues don't have any business to conduct with the Blue Jackets. Uh, the Blues have struggled this season, and guess who has a couple of scoring wingers that are on the trade block? The St. Louis Blues. Right. And so in my piece today, I worked through a number of different options for the Flames in that scoring winger department, and when you look at the Flames and their projected cap space, it's as they continue to accrue, one guy that really stands out for me is Vladimir Tarasenko. And I'm not reporting it. I'm just connecting some dots um, that I, I think, you know, when you look at him and his, his track record, that's the other big thing that I really realized working through the Flames and their situation with their cap is they don't really – they can't really take on someone that has term because they have all those contracts kicking in next season for Uberto and Uyghur. And then um, Vladar's deal kicks in as well. Like there's not a lot of cap space to go around next year. So you're probably fishing in the rental market. And so two guys, uh, so Tarasenko is one. And then on the other side of him is Ivan Barbashev, someone that has sort of, become a depressed asset this year with the way that he's played, but is one year removed from a 26 goal 60 season that, you know, I wonder if there's a match there. So the four guys they listed for the flames were Tarasenko, uh, Barbashev was in there. James Van Riemsdyk, another rental has a higher price contract, but is super reliable in terms of the goal scoring department. And then the fourth guy was Max Domi. I think he's better off as a center but in this case uh, has played enough wing in his career and is having a pretty awesome season that maybe he's someone that fits the bill. Sports at 960 NHL insider Frank Cervalli brought to you by South Trail Chrysler joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, Frank, can you explain to me quickly here uh, what's going on in Vancouver? Because I, I don't understand, and here's why. What what are they trying to accomplish? You You bring in a new coach, and he already bust out the soft word last night so you want to be a playoff team but there's not too much talent on that roster and the blue line is an absolute mess so you, you bring in a new coach to spark a team so what what are they trying to do here like finish 11th in the conference like get out of the get out of the the draft sweepstakes like I don't understand what's going on clearly it's a directive from ownership to try to get this team win games but that just seems such a backwards way of looking at how this organization should be run right now. What's your thoughts on them even firing Bruce Boudreau in the first place and bringing in Rick Tockett? Because I just can't figure out why. It, well, 
I, we're not even going to relitigate the entire process of having Bruce Boudreaux's underwear yeah. fly on a flagpole outside of yeah. uh, the yeah. arena for a week. Yeah, was... Why is is the best question? It, it's it's the the first answer I have for you is just unnecessary. Yeah, this entire process, not just firing the coach, but also for what purpose? I think is is a valid question because this season is is obviously lost in terms of a playoff spot. But then you have to think long-term and big picture, and you would think that the best path forward for this like, – if you wanted to make the argument, hey, we're going to change out the coach, and next year we're going to hit the ground running because everyone's on, on board and on the same page, I, I can see that making sense, except half this roster is going to be gone by the time next season starts. So it, that's, that's not really the right tact or approach. I think the best thing – that Rick Tockett and the the Canucks front office can do to close out this season is minimize drama. It's been a daily soap opera mm. since training camp opened. If you can stabilize that, which I believe is is well within his skill set, he's a no BS guy. Turn the temperature down, turn the noise level down around this team, and make it a place where people want to come play. Uh, it's going to be a tough order after the last 10 days, but you know that would be step one, I would think, and put all the other stuff aside. Um, outside of like uh, the business of hockey and how many fans uh, that come to their games and what their bottom line is, just the roster and the product on the ice, is there a team that's in more of a difficult spot in the next two, three, four years than the Vancouver Canucks? The only one I can compare it to is the Flyers, another team that absolutely mm. just seems to be resisting the rebuild by any means necessary. Like another proud franchise that wants to win, that has a history of winning, is all of a sudden just, what are they doing here? Like I was working through their their summer and just thinking back to Johnny Gaudreau and like, you know, why didn't they go after him? And then the you know, someone said to me, hey, well, the reason they didn't get Johnny Gaudreau was because they didn't think they were good enough to compete. And I was like, okay, so riddle me why then they decided to trade for and sign Tony D'Angelo. Like, you, you just can't begin to fit the pieces together to say this, with what they're building, this makes sense. You can see the path. You can see the, the road to get them where they want to get to. And then I'm sure invariably, as they've now picked up a bunch of meaningless wins here in the last you know, months that we're going to hear, oh, well, the Flyers were just a couple pieces away with Sean Couturier being injured and Cam Atkinson missing the whole year. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. Yeah, They weren't good enough, even with those guys in the lineup, to be a playoff team. What is your, what's your next step here? I wanted to ask you about a, a gentleman who has some local ties here as well uh, in Minnesota, Matt Dumba, uh, getting a healthy scratched, and the deadline is coming up. He's It feels like for the last decade we've wondered about Matt Dumba being traded at the deadline. But uh, do you feel like this could be the year that it actually happens? Yeah, I do, but I'll, I'll preface it with the caveat in that the Wild are in a playoff chase, and they're not going to just unload Matt Dumba just to recoup an asset because they feel like it makes them feel good heading in in terms of asset management. I think they're perfectly willing to use him as a, quote, own rental, the classic own rental, um, to go through the playoffs if that's what they feel like they need. They're not getting 
um, the return that they're looking for. But there is interest, um, and I, I went through his game uh, with a fine-tooth comb yesterday on Daily Faceoff to just really get a sense of where is his game at right now. He's not really an offensive defenseman, even though he has a 50-point season, and it's, it's kind of fascinating to look through it. That season was a statistical outlier um, in a lot of ways, and he's someone that takes chances, but he also is, is physical. Um, he's able to really get players coming through the neutral zone and, and change the way teams think and play. Um, he's got energy. He's a great skater. His lateral mobility is excellent, and he's someone that I think – is a classic boom or bust trade deadline piece. And he, you know, if you get him and put him in the right spot and play him with the right players, he can be a big boom for your team. But at the same time, he takes chances and risks that not every team and coach is comfortable with. And, and that's where the bust part could come in. Uh, Frank asked this question to Sam Cosentino yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, the deadline is just over a month away. And apparently the draft is so deep this year. Is that going to make some general managers gun shy about parting with their first round picks and then kind of we won't see maybe it as busy as a trade deadline as we normally would? Mm, I don't think so because the teams that are in the mix right now, like your your preference is going to be this year to see 2024 picks traded. Um, and in fact, you saw a couple teams last year, like even look at the Flames, like they're in the Sean Monaghan, you know, trade and they, I think it was 2025 that they moved. Like they're trying to punt it as far down the road as they can. Um, So I I do think teams will be a little bit more judicious, but the teams that are in win now mode understand that that's the currency that's needed to, to transact. and, And there might be a little extra value in it this year for teams that are able to get it. But still, I think when you, I'm far from a draft expert like Sam. I don't live and breathe it every day, but everyone that I've talked to in terms of the tiers of player, you know, you've got Bedard at the top, and then you've got sort of two to five as being special franchise changers. And then after that, you sort of go from six to 25, uh, where you can really get a solid, solid player for your team that can make an impact for years to come. And after that, Mm. when you start to get in that late first-round pick territory, it's good, but it's not vastly different than any other year. Um, Before I let you go, is there a big name out there that's potentially getting shopped that we're not talking about? I don't think so, because I'd be talking about them. I mean, like I said, I got this deadline countdown series. Today's 36 days to go. I got one story every day. Guys, I'm running out of material here. Okay, all right. I would be be pumping it out if I had it. Okay, I was hoping. I was hoping you had something holstered and you could share with our listeners. I, I, honestly, that would be amazing, and I wish. That would okay. mean I'm really good at my job, but um, I don't know about that. All right, Frank, uh, stay safe on the slopes, okay? And enjoy your time in Alberta. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, there he goes. Frank Saravalli, Sportsnet 960 NHL Insider, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. There you go. Always Always nice when we get to chat with Frankie. Something we we I've been kind of hammering home. You need a skilled winger in the top six to score some goals here. And Frank added, yeah, some speed. When I heard James Van Riemsdyk, James Van Riemsdyk. JVR. Yeah, my uh, my mouth is just not working properly today. Um, I'm like, ugh, that's not, a, that's not a guy I want to see the Flames get. No, I agree. Very good in tight, power mm-hmm. play specialist, can sure. score you a lot of goals. Yep. 
that's this team needs some speed too up front. Very much so. I don't know, like I look at the list of players that are available, and Frank brings up a good point. Like the Flames don't necessarily have the luxury of going and grabbing guys with term anymore, given some of the deals that they've handed out. Uyghur and Huberto both going to get extensions next season, uh, like big pay raises on those extensions. Um, so you kind of looking at UFAs, guys in that caliber, and would you roll the dice on Jonathan Drouin? Yeah, for like a really, he's not going to go for much. For what? Like what are we talking? Like a mid round pick? Let's like let, a B prospect. Let's say third or fourth round pick. Let me check his contract. No, he's it's expired. He's he's a UFA. But what's the cap hit? Do you know what it is? Uh, it's six, I believe. Six something. Hmm. I'd ponder it. I would be I five would, and a half. I would wonder. Yeah. Thank you, Patty. I would wonder what the other options are out there, for sure. Um, like but, I know, I know Max Domi's had a good season, but he's yeah. But Max Domi and Jonathan Duran, like essentially the same player, and Duran has been a complete bust in Montreal. But there's still that upside of some skill and some speed. But the guy's abandoning and gets hurt a lot. True, like Dadnoff in Montreal. I don't think he want any part like, of here in Calgary. No, I have no interest. Like, That's what I mean. Like Jonathan Duran, like he'll cost you a lot less. And it's a lottery ticket. There's lo- and he'll cost you I mean. less than Max Domi this year as That's well. That's right. And but he's a lottery ticket. Listen, he he could he could blossom playing with Huberto. I don't know. True. He certainly could. They're both French. Maybe there's a little connection there. Like the one thing for me about Max Domi is that he can shift over and play center as well. And we know that's something that is certainly coveted. Uh, and frankly, like I haven't watched a lot of Chicago Blackhawks hockey this year, but he really impressed me in that game against the Flames yeah, in, I've, in January. I've watched a lot of Max Domi, and I've seen him do the uh, the ninja act in the playoffs where he just disappears. Yeah. But again, like that's a guy who I look at, if I'm the Flames, maybe it's worth a shot because he's he's not going to cost you a lot. Montreal would love to unload him, mm-hmm. and his value can't be any lower right now than it is. And maybe he's a guy that can help out this team. I I don't hate it. I'll say that much. But it's definitely a lottery ticket. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of Sonny Milano vibes to it. Sure. Yeah, right? that's, that's a very apt description, except the five and a half is different than Sonny Milano. Sure, but again, by the time the deadline is and the Habs can eat half of his deal, I get all of that. But maybe it's worth a shot. I think it's an interesting option. I think I well, don't think it's the first one you go to. Sure. I think you investigate some other things, but if that's... What you could add for a little bit of skill for a mid-round pick. I uh, And if he doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He's not on the books next see year. See you next See you. Yeah. Never. All the best. Yeah. See you, see you around. Yeah. Take care. Just a thought. Don't hate it. I don't hate that one. Uh, You've had some bad thoughts. That, uh, oh, I don't thank hate. you. Yeah. Lots of bad thoughts? Or no, just, just a handful? every once in a while. Okay. I'm, I want you to be specific. I have nothing off the top of my okay. head. All That's right. how once in a while they bad. are. Um, it is the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 Defense. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Thursday, it's the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the top of the hour, a mystery guest who's not really a mystery guest because we tweeted it out and he retweeted it. 
So, but in we're not going to give it away. Sorry to interrupt. In my defense, we said he was a mystery guest after I tweeted it. <laughs> Nobody was selling you out, Alex. Okay, sorry. Why did you have to get so <laughs> I, 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 I just... so defensive? There was right a text. Now. Whatever. What do you mean there was a text? There was a text from somebody. He was like, is oh, it a mystery when you already tweeted it out? I'm just text like, damaged. 832 Ross Tucker from Westwood One, like a laundry list of other stuff. CBS, <laughs> the Ross Tucker podcast. Valentine's Day is coming. Betting podcast, <laughs> myfrontpage.com. Don't you forget, man. Don't you forget. <laughs> um, Lots to do this segment. Uh, Snow report to wrap up the hour. Yep. Uh, we're going to do the best segment in Canadian radio, Brody on the Beat. And we're going to play Impossible Flames Trivia for your chance to win two tickets to Nickelback June 25th. You can only win on the text line. And with your guess, you have to attach your name and location. Otherwise, you can't win. Sorry. That's the way she goes. And if nobody gets it, which I don't anticipate anybody getting this, we're just going to randomly pick somebody okay. who added their name and location on the text line. That's awesome. So just get in. You're entered to win. Get in. Get in. Now it's time to do all you got to do. Our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues and for a limited time, better odds on over-under and point spread. Build your ticket at Mm, mm, sportselect.com. The spread thing? Oh, we don't have to spread it? I forgot. I'm I'm sorry, guys. It's all good. Yeah, just turn on my burly. I got you right now. Spread it there you go. Spread it on. The spread. What a spread. Before they spread. Spread your legs. Spread your legs. Spread it around. Spread your wings. Spread it like. All right. Yes, sir. Here's the standings. Matty Rose running away with it because he's a total stud. 51 <laughs> and 37 on the year. 3 and 1 last week. Patrick, even Steven, you're juiced out. 44 and 44. Two and two, Georgie, horrendous. I have the exact opposite record of Matty Rose. I'm 31 and 57. Oof. 0 and 4 last week. Again, mm. I keep keep telling you, fade, fade this guy. Fade, fade, fade. All right, let's jump into Championship Sunday. Niners and Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles minus three, Matty, with the total 46 and a half. This is an interesting one, boys, but... I do have faith that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to move on here. I'm not too worried about this line as it keeps it within a field goal. Uh, I think that the secondary of the Niners could maybe have a little bit of trouble with Brown and uh, Devontae Smith and some of the other weapons that are in that, uh, that receiving group. Dallas Goddard's been great since returning from injury. I'm going to take the Eagles minus the points. All right. What do you like, Patrick Dumont? I'm going like to go with the under here. I think it's going to be a good defensive battle. I don't think uh, Brock Purdy could uh, score a lot here, uh, but I think the Niners' defense can can limit what Jalen Hurts can do as well. I think we're going to get a nice defensive slugfest in the city of brotherly love. 2017, somebody. Well, look at you. We've been <laughs> predicting the score. You're such I a wizard. I love that. You're such a wizard. <laughs> he's, go, he's going for it. Yeah, Nostra... Nostra Domus? Nostra yeah, Duma. Nostra Duma. Not bad. Uh, I'm going to take. Good, yeah. No, not yeah, really. I'm going to take the Eagles minus three. Because mm-hmm. I think this is the game. And I keep talking about it on Inside the Line Sunday mornings mm-hmm. on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I keep talking about when is the game where Brock Purdy's going to show up as a rookie and look like a rookie? Yeah. This is the game. This is the game. I'm, I'm calling it. Eagles minus three on their way to the Super Bowl. Maddie's game. I don't even know why we're asking him. Bengals at the Chiefs right now. Cincy minus one total 
47 and a half. Who day? Booty pole. Back to back AFC champions? You better believe it. Okay. Pat Mahomes is faking it. <laughs> we don't even know if that was a real yeah. Pat Mahomes. You're right. Yeah. They, they switched him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From the footage we got yesterday, it yeah. looked all right, but, no, uh, but we don't know if that was him. No, though. we don't know if Could that was doctor. Was it Jackson? Was it Jackson Mahomes? No. I hope not. Oh, that guy's just Ooh. the worst. Uh, I think there's going to be some points in this one, though. Even regardless, I think uh, with Mahomes, whether or not he's hobbled or not, I think there's going to be some points. Uh, I like that over to go over the 47 and a half. Okay, I am going to take Maddie Cincinnati Bengals minus one. I think they do it. I think they have the Chiefs number. They've beaten him three times in a row. Burrowhead. And finally, Joe Burrow gets the credit he deserves to be considered right there with the best quarterback in the NFL, right behind Patrick Mahomes. Say it with me, George. Who day? Come on. Moving on. Pass oh, completions. We're going to do right some props. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do. We're going to do some pass completion, some props, some propositions. All right. For our best bets. All, All right. right. Pass completions. Jalen Hurts. Matty Rose, 21 and a half over under. I'm going to go the under. Like George said, I think that uh, the Eagles might be able to get uh, the score going in this one a little bit. And the Eagles don't necessarily have to throw the ball a ton. Here's the thing. If it was pass attempts, I'm taking the over. Completions, I'm taking the under. It'll be close, but I'm going to go to the under. Okay, what do you like, Patty Dumont? Uh, he's only gone over that 21 and a half mark once in the last five weeks. Uh, I think the Niners can keep uh, him limited. Like I said, I like the defense in this one. I'm going to go the under as well. Okay, I am going to take the over mm. 21 and a half uh, completions for quarterbacks. If you look over the last four weeks of the National Football League, the 49ers have given up 91 completions to quarterbacks. Mm. That's a big number. I like Jalen Hurts to go over the total of 21 and a half. It's our NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan producer, Patrick Dumont, joining us. All right, let's stay on the prop train. Uh, rushing and receiving yards combined for CMC. Christian McCaffrey, 98 and a half, Matty. This is a tough one for me because... I feel like he's going to be a big part of the offense for San Francisco, knowing what we know about Brock Birdie, but at the same time, they have all these other weapons. Is he going to be the prime focus of the Eagles' defense? 98.5 is pretty high. I'm going to take the under on this one. Mm. What do you like, Patty Dumont? Yeah, I, this this is uh, I, I'm going to go with the under as well. It's going to be, like he did, I think he had like 50-some combined yards last week against Dallas, who's a really good defense. The Eagles, also pretty good defense. But it does feel like if the Niners are going to win this game, McCaffrey's going to have to go uh, over that and be a lot more involved. But I'm still say under here. Yeah, you know what? I'm going I'm to stay on the under terrain. I mm -hmm. think he's going to be the focal point of this very good Philadelphia defense. I'm going to take under 98.5 combined rushing and receiving yards for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, kind of the, the one, the 1A running back with the Kansas City Chiefs. Rushing and receiving yards, 60 and a half, Matt. I feel like he's either going to have like 10 yards or he's going to have like 85 yards. He's either going to smash this prop or he's going to completely miss it. Okay. And right now I have no idea. This one's a bit of a coin toss for me. Um, because he plays for the Chiefs, I'm going to say the under. Yeah, to go under here as well. It seems like Isaiah Pacheco is the becoming more of the uh, predominant running back there in uh, Kansas City. But McKinnon... Down the stretch with Kansas City, that was Mahomes' guy. Like he was, they, McKinnon was getting the ball a ton. 
So I think maybe, again, if Kansas City wants to get this thing going, they have to use McKinnon a little more. I'm going to go over 16 and a half here. Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take the under. Uh, just what you said, Maddie. I think, uh, or Patrick, I think this is an instance where maybe they're behind in this game. Mm-hmm. They got to throw the ball out to other guys like uh, Juju and, 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 and Travis Kelsey, MBS. I think this could be a problem spot uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to take him under because he's so unpredictable because mm-hmm. you're right. I don't know how the workload is going to be split between him and Isaiah Pacheco. And if you look at the Bengals uh, recently against uh, running backs, catching passes out of the backfield, they've actually been uh, pretty good. One of the top teams uh, in the NFL recently, uh, right in the middle of the pack, only giving up 5.29 yards per target to running backs. I don't expect a lot of work for Jarek McKinnon on Sunday. All right, let's wrap it up with Jamar Chase, Maddie's boy. One of the best receivers in the National Football League. Total receptions, six and a half over under. Listen, you got to be bad to get uh, the boy Jamar Chase, like the Bills general manager had mentioned, uh, I believe it was prior to the Bills losing to the Cincinnati Bengals. But then you get him, and things go pretty well. (laughs) Six and a half total receptions. Um, Last week was seven and a half. I think he was just under it. But listen, if the Bengals' game plan is going to plan, this guy is getting the rock, I'm going to take the over. Okay. Patrick Dumont? Under. He's just going to go under here. I think Kansas City is going to clam in on Jamar Chase. They're going to focus a lot of their energy doubling him up, forcing more T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst to get more involved. Mm. I think Jamar Chase is going to be their guy to focus on. And well, I mean, no, T. Higgins is a, is a number one on most other teams. Uh, I'm going to take the over. It's Joe Burrow's number one weapon. And over the last three games, the Chiefs have given up 41 receptions to wide receivers. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is a ton. So I'm going to take over the six and a half. All right. NFL Big Bets brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues. And for a limited time, better odds on over, under, and point spread. Build your ticket at sportselect.com. Are we doing the are we doing the Pro Bowl next week? Gross. The flag Oof. football game? Blech. We gotta find out what the numbers are and we gotta do that next week. <laughs> oh, that's so DGen. I'm in. Okay, yeah. Well <laughs> listen, it doesn't matter what you bet on, money is still green. Remember that. Mm-hmm. If you want to bet on high line, if you got an angle on it, good for you. <laughs> if you got an angle. If you want to bet on, you know, table tennis from Russia. Go ahead if you have an angle. If you got an angle. That, that was a big thing during the pandemic, got you're too. in. When uh, there was nothing going on, people were like, there's table tennis on from Russia. I'm like, are you... I was watching marble racing on YouTube. I marble watched uh, the yeah. Taiwanese Baseball League where yeah. I was doing the, the Jack FM morning show They were the first sport back. Yeah. They were the first sport back. Wearing all they, the masks on the field. They and... took like two weeks off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, let's get back at We're it. an island. Yeah. All right. Uh, still a couple things to get to. Impossible Flames trivia straight ahead. But right now... Probably the best segment in Canadian radio, not sports radio. I might even start, might even start calling it the best segment in North American radio. But I'm just going to stick to Canada so far, because based on today, because our technical director Alex Brody um, goes out and uh, gets the pulse of Calgarians. Uh, we we get him to ask a, a simple sports related, Calgary related question to our great listeners of the city and non listeners to the station, and uh, he formulates a Brody. On the beat. Alex, uh, you said, where do you think this one ranks before we listen to it? One of your best ones to date? Okay, so I think it ranks really high on production quality for this one. Mm, like, I'm pretty happy but with the like, content? I think the content's really good, too. It's just very insightful as opposed to silly. Okay. If that makes sense. All right, let's hit it. All I need 
Flames heading into the All-Star break, nine days off. What would you recommend the Flames did over those nine days of time off that they have? Strategize. Take a couple days to relax, spend some time with whoever's special. No, no, I would definitely go skiing. You think maybe it could put a little bit more juice juice in the legs or Yeah, yeah, definitely. They could use some. Yeah. Some speed also. I think it lets the players have a good rest and meet in the family, relax and uh, you know, uh, make sure there's no pressure on the game and give them uh, good encourage. Honestly, I think they need to find a little bit of confidence to get their heads in the right place. Ooh. They're a team that I think is waiting to click. I've, I've liked some of the things I've seen and it just hasn't quite came together. I think it's making progress though. You think maybe they could use some like couples therapy with Daryl or something? <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that one alone. <laughs> nine days off. What would you recommend the Flames did during that nine day break? Get the brotherhood going. Like, uh, have, start getting along with everybody and have some good uh, good talks with each other and uh, Daryl Sutter get in a better mood. <laughs> Take a little bit of a rest, get some downtime, and then maybe do some stretches. Maybe like an aerobics <laughs> class with Daryl or something like Yoga. that? Like maybe a 1980s workout aerobics okay. class. Oh, Tybo? Some uh, fluorescence. Yeah. Tybo was a 90s. Ooh, I'm not so. 100% sure. Nine days in Calgary? Uh, I think I'd recommend they take some time off, rest up, maybe do some skiing or snowboarding. You think maybe the skiing would put a little bit more juice in those legs when they come back, or what do you think? Yeah, I think it would just keep them ready for kind of more hockey, uh, lots of impact with downhill skiing, so it will mm. keep them just in the mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Get some rest, we have a long road ahead of us to make the playoffs. You think maybe they should get like a B&B &B together, or like <laughs> what kind of rest, like family rest, what kind of rest, I guess? I don't know, boys' trip's always fun. Brody on the beat. Wow. I think a lot of these guys are going to warmer destinations. Yeah, I, I, I would I would I would assume. <laughs> I don't so. think they'll be skiing. Um can I just say, Alex, I'm impressed with your interviewing skills, asking follow-up questions. They were good. Mm -hmm. Really pressing them. The B and B yeah. one was yeah, good. I, like I really I Couples really like therapy, that. that was yeah, nice. I really like that. Now I had an idea hmm? for next week's Brody on the beat. Can you yell it at him? Because you've yelled at him after Brody. Are we going to do Brody on the beat from the from the the beer league game? game. That's mm -hmm. my idea. Yeah, okay. That so he should he should do. Push. We should push Brody on the beat to Friday next week, <gasps> and have Alex do Brody on the beat there. Is that too much for you? Like you guys would be killing me, but I want to do it because like we have the beer league. I would record it, and then we're supposed to go to an after party, mm. and then I'd have to edit it in the morning after which, party, which we Brody all know. Didn't go well last well, but week. I don't think it would be the worst thing if you did Brody on the beat at the after party. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to have a quick turnaround editing in the morning. Yeah, um, it'll be an easy turn. We can do that. Yeah. yeah. Bed's ready. Totally yeah. unedited. Just slap it in Let there. Let her go. Um, how much time do you need for the snow report? Uh, a couple minutes. Two do, minutes. Do you want to do it right now? Yeah, Are I you can. Ready? Yeah, I can do. Okay, it right bang now. out the snow report, and then we're gonna do Impossible Flames trivia. All right, let's do it. It's time for the snow show. Oh yeah, that bed came in hot. Brought to you by Ski West, Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or Airport locations today, or head to SkiWest.ca. Not a lot of snow the past week around Alberta. We'll start with Marmot Base, and they got 32 inches of packed powder on their base. All 91 runs are open. And all seven lifts. No new snow in the last 24 hours. Like the majority of hills, maybe uh, Frank Suravalli will be there as well because he is heading to Jasper this weekend. It's Jasper in January days, and the best basin video run contest is on the go too. 
Mount Norquay rocking a base between 34 and 52 inches with all but one trail open and every lift in operation. Love this. It's the Beer League Masters Racing event this weekend. So ski racing at night, but you literally need no experience. So that'll be a gong show. That goes Friday night. First of five events that continue through February. At Nakiska, 55 to 75 runs are open. Half their lifts. A 29-inch machine-groomed base out at Nakiska. Don't look like they have any events going this weekend. Same with Sunshine, but today is Australia Day. Sunshine has a powder base of 44 inches. 122 of their 145 trails are open and all 11 lifts. At Castle, five of six lifts are running. 94 runs are open. Live music in the T-Bar Friday night. It's Lenny Folkard taking over. Go to a shot ski, do a little jig Friday night. All that free as well. Environmental scavenger hunt Sunday afternoon before trivia night in the T-Bar. Disney theme this week. So that should be a lot of fun. And finally, Lake Louise, they've received about a half inch of new snow in the last 24 hours. The only hill that has any recorded. They got a 28 to 34 inch base of packed powder with 113 of 164 lifts open. All 11 lifts. They're also celebrating Australia Day today. And never ever days continue on Friday. $25 package includes a two hour ski or snowboard lesson, a rental and a beginner area lift ticket. That is your snow show. It is for Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff, Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or Airport location today or head to skiwest.ca. All right, great job, Maddie. Um, Thursdays are super busy here, so uh, we didn't really have an open segment uh, to take a lot of texts and a lot of callers, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to play Impossible Flames Trivia. Hit hit the bed here, Alex. Let's play it. Oh, a bed. Wow. Yeah, we, we, we came prepared. Oh, and this is how we're going to play. This is whimsical. Mm -hmm. I am going to give you three former Calgary Flames. Okay. (laughs) And you have to find the connection of the three Flames I give you. On the text line, 960-960, give us your guess, name and location. You cannot win without name and location. The prize is a pretty good one today. Two tickets to Nickelback, June 25th at the Saddle Dome. Mm -hmm. You guys ready to play Impossible Flames Trivia? And if nobody gets it, which I don't think anybody will, because even if you Google this, you won't get it, we're just going to randomly give the prize away to somebody on the text line. All right. All right. Let's do it. Your first name is Trevor Kidd. The pride pride of Dugald, Manitoba, was drafted in the first round, 11th overall of the 1990 NHL entry draft by the Calgary Flames. He spent parts of five seasons here in Calgary. Kid played his junior hockey for the Brandon Wheat Kings and Spokane Chiefs. Your first name is Trevor Kidd. Goaltender. Your second name yeah, right on. is Marty McKinnis. Okay. The Hingman Mass right winger was drafted in the eighth round, 163rd overall in the 1988 NHL draft by the Islanders. McKinnis spent parts of three seasons with the Flames and scored 23 goals, added 30 helpers in 91 games for Calgary. And your final name, Chris Drury. The Trumbull Connecticut Center was picked in the third round, 72nd overall by the Quebec Nordiques in the 1994 NHL Entry Draft. Drury spent the 2002-2003 season in Calgary and scored 23 goals, added 30 assists in 80 games. So there's your three names. Trevor Kidd, Marty McKinnis, Chris Drury. What you have to do is give me the connection of all three. 960960, name and location. We're playing Impossible Flames trivia. Do you have any sort of guess, Matt Rose? I And yes, this does sound like a dating show, and I appreciate the music. <laughs> um, I I'm going to say maybe they were all traded for someone that was the same. 
maybe? No. You have a mm. guess, Patrick Dumont? Oh, my God. Uh... That's why it's called Impossible Flames Trivia. Because even if you try to Google this, you will not find a connection of these three names. Because mm. I did a ton of research on this. I spent a lot of time on this last feel, night. Yeah. I'm going to do a lot of research. Trevor Kidd. Ooh, that's a bad picture. Marty McKinnis. What is Chris that on Drury. Your, on they all have chin, something bro. in common in Impossible Flames trivia. Do you even have a guess? I, 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 Did they have the same head coach when they were in junior? No. Drury hated his time here. I know that. Uh, uh, they all play hockey <laughs> is sort of right. It's also that, yeah, they've Trevor also Kidd never was... been in my kitchen, which doesn't help. Trevor Kidd was picked ahead of Mark Tambroder, Marty McKenna. I don't I don't know enough. They about... all have saddled on popcorn. I can't confirm nor deny that. Don't know enough. Are they all from Manitoba? No, uh, Drury's American. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Connecticut. Yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> hmm. Man, Do they I'm... have the same birthday? No. No. All War 37? No. Nope. No. Did, same uh, wife? Are, I hope <laughs> same not. Wife. <laughs> I hope not. Same dad? Uh the uh their eyebrows are really, really dark. It's did not they, bad for me. Did they all have bad goatees or was that just Trevor Kid? Uh well he had the soul patch. Oh yeah, that that's really what that is. The, the soul yeah. patch. Soul patch thing. <laughs> Late nineties, baby. Looking like the disturbed lead singer. Yuck. They all breathe air. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> They all lived in the same house in Calgary? No. <laughs> That's, that would have been a deep That would have been all on the cut. same World Junior Championship team? Well, no. One guy was Canadian, two were American. <laughs> That's why it's impossible Flames trivia. Um, hmm. Trevor Kidd, Marty McKinnis, and Chris Drury all have one thing in common. They all played in Calgary, correct. They're all former Flames, but they have this one thing in common. That's why this is called Impossible Flames Trivia for Nickelback tickets, June 25th, down at the Saddle Dome. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let things marinate in your brain. 96960. You have to add your name and location to have a chance to win the tickets. We'll give away the tickets after we talk to Ross Tucker at around 8:50-ish. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. But keep your guests coming in. I'm going to be so distracted. 960, 960, name and location. Straight ahead, our mystery guest, which isn't really a mystery guest, and we'll even ask him or her Come on. or they <laughs> what the Impossible Flames trivia question, if they have some sort of guest. We'll do that next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.